Listeners, I'd like you to imagine yourself back into the headspace of 2007 and you are going to the cinema to see a movie with the lads. Mm-hmm. It's you and all the lads. Blake Gaz is there, Tiff, Strudels, Dickskin, Pedo John, Spenlad, and Elliot. Gibbo, Rice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. All, all the real names of people I really hung out with. Um, so so where that we're going, we're going to the to the to the cinema. And um Dickskin points at a poster on the wall and he says, How lads pure spits pedo John? And you look over and you realize that the actor in this poster really is the spitting image of your friend Pedo John. And uh that actor's name is Ryan Philippe. He looks exactly like your mate Pedo John. And all the lads and you have a lot of fun chatting about this. You're like, how Peter John didn't tell us you were in a film. You should take your girlfriend to go and see it when she turns 15. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's how I know about this film is because me and the lads saw the poster for it. And that's how we ended up watching it because the main guy in it, Ryan Philippe, looks spits of one of my high school mates, Peter John. Um, who later became uh, known as uh, homophobic. The defendant. John. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he later became known as homophobic John, and then much later, after I stopped associating with him, uh, became known as John the Rapist. Uh, oh. So that's. that's... Uh, would, would, you, would you like to like get into some details about the exact uh, nature of your uh, relationship, <laughs> relationship with, with Peter John. John? I remind you that you are under oath. <laughs> so no, we can. We... <laughs> Yeah, so about Pedo John. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was called Pedo John because he was uh, he was dating a year ten, and now he's a well-known leftist YouTuber, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of of Kill James Bond. Why is it that when we're not behind the paywall, <laughs> we all <laughs> we gotta stop? <laughs> we gotta stop. I was no, no. He Peter John. Peter John was religious, right? He had he had Christianity in a big way. So uh-huh. I I stopped. Well. Speaking to him around about the time he said that gay people shouldn't get married, and I was like, you know what, Peter John, we've been in a few foxholes together, but I just, don't, mm. I just don't want to see you anymore, man. And I don't know where he is now. Um, I assume he's not still dating that girl, and if he is, then she must now be over eighteen at least. You got to hope, you gotta hope <laughs> by about, that point. Just about. Yeah. I am Alice Caldwell Kelly. Joining me as always are Abigail Thorne and Devon. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Joining us also are Dickskin, Spenlad, Strudels, yep, yep, Playgaz, yep. too. All, all, all the lads from when you went to, to the movies in 2007, when you mm. were one of the lads. That's right. Mm, and yeah. you went to see you went to see the Ryan Philippe, Chris Cooper movie, Breach, mm-hmm. um, which is about the FBI double agent Robert Hansen. Uh, as the movie opens with a press conference explaining his arrest, he was an FBI agent for something like 25 years, uh, and from the 80s onwards was passing secrets to the Soviets and then to the Russians. Um, n- nobody knew about this until he was arrested in mm. 2001. Yeah, um, he was a real guy. Yes, yeah. So this is, this is based on a true story. Just up top, I have no fucking idea anything to do with the real guy. Everything I say is going to be strictly about this movie. Mm-hmm. I read uh, two separate me. intelligence journal articles about this in order to, well. to do research for this. So uh, Alice, Alice Analysis rides again. Oh no. 
Is he I'm alive? So. He is alive, yeah. He is. Uh, Robert Hansen is currently alive in ADX Florence Supermax Prison in solitary confinement for 23 hours a day. Well, let's listen when... to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Shout out to Robert, Robert if Hansen. You're listening. Rob, come on the pod. If, if you're out there. <laughs> Because when, when, when you don't have a death penalty, when you're a civilized uh, justice system, as the federal justice system in the United States is, and you don't do the death penalty, you have to have something to threaten other spies with. And so what they threaten other spies with is, we will just put you in a small concrete box for 23 hours a day and drive you totally insane. Yeah, we'll um, just torture you. We're going to put you in the hole. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's, which isn't good. Mm -hmm. Probably not no. good to do that no, to that's people. That's why this podcast supports the death penalty. Well, that's right. Genuinely, sometimes you just need to kill a motherfucker. I, I would, I would, I would sooner be executed than be in Supermax prison. Hopefully, uh, but yeah. So that's that's where Robert Hansen is right now. But we need to see how he got there. So we see Robert Hansen, who is played by Chris Cooper, who you may yes. remember from the Bourne movies as. Those are the targets. Beg, borrow, pack, tap, bypass. I don't care what you do. He was also in Syriana as the down-home country-fried oil executive. Yeah. He loves to play like a slightly like dodgy, corrupt guy in a suit. Here's, here's the thing, I don't know if he does love to play it, because with the best will in the world, and this isn't a knock on his other movies, really, this is the first time I've gotten to see him act. Oh yeah, he's so yeah. good in this. Like, he's really he, he, good. He does, he does a bit in like each of those roles, but for this one, it's really like it's a little character study, and he does mm -hmm. a fantastic job with it. He really does. He actually really, really does do a good job. You were right. Yeah, he, he really sells Robert Hansen. This this podcast has made me too soft on actors. Yeah, it's true. But so we, we see him at church. Uh, he's a devout Catholic. Um and we, we already see like the shape this movie is going to take because he's wearing the classic like DC spy movie fit of suit and tie with the overcoat over it because it's always winter. And I just know ahead of time this mm. is gonna be a lot of people like Talking in like in the dark next to the Lincoln Memorial about mm -hmm. democracy. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I was fine. pumped for it. Yeah, I like this kind of movie. Want to see the Lincoln Memorial? They're wearing the the traditional um, USian huge suit, which yes. is yeah, the mm -hmm. classic big suit that they issue you uh, at Quantico when you graduate from the FBI Academy. That's um, right. So we're in early 2001. This is like just before 9/11. Yeah, well, we're in 2000 at this point, because there's a mm. shot later on of them taking down the portraits of Clinton and Janet Reno and putting up Bush and John Ashcroft. That's right. Uh, as we move into, I guess that would be January 2000. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we, we see Robert Hansen, and we contrast him with Eric O'Neill, also a real person, here played by Pedo John. Mm -hmm. um, and there's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't know if we can <laughs> refer to Ryan Philippe nonstop as Philly John. I think Ryan we need Philippe, to make sure that looks a lot like uh, Abby's schoolfriend Pedo John. Like unbelievable! Like I can see him behind behind the counter now in the CCF mess. Like mm. so, Ryan Philippe is a much younger uh, surveillance operative. We see that there's like um, a different sort of different generations of espionage thing going on here because Robert mm. Hansen is all sort of cold warrior. He was he was the Soviet guy for a long time. Um, whereas when we meet Ryan Philippe, he's spying on some Muslims having an argument in the street. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but we see that he he has two other like young surveillance operatives with him, um, and two things. 
First of all, Ryan Philippe has a report about how to make the FBI's computers computer better. Mm-hmm. And he's shopping this around, right. but no one wants to hear about it because he's nobody. And the FBI is very conservative. and high Even back. his boys don't want to hear about it, man. Even his boys. Even his boys. Yeah. He gets into a van with two other dudes that look exactly like him. Yeah, Nick Skin like... and Abigail <laughs> Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> and TV's Abigail Thorne. Um, it's really weird right. that they called me that back then. Kind of prescient in a way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that, to be fair, like in my memories, people call me Devon now. And I know they weren't yeah. doing it at the time. Yeah, for sure. It's very strange when this happens. But regardless, he's like, have you guys read this? And they're like, no. And he's like, well, you're, you're credited by name. And like I, I printed this out in, like, in color for, for you. But we also see that the, the animating impulse of all of these young guys is they, they want to become an agent. They want to become mm-hmm. an FBI agent. Like They want to be James Bond. This is this is like a confected thing, right? Like, to the best of my knowledge, all of these surveillance guys are themselves FBI agents. You kind of have to be. But the movie uses it as like that's the constant motivation is everybody wants to make it to be an FBI agent. Um, mm. And we contrast this with a sort of like street espionage with Robert Hansen leaving his office, and we get a great shot that like it's a little bit sort of it's a little bit. It's a step up from Baby's first themes. It's like Baby's third themes. Yeah, something. it's good. Where mm. he 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 leaves he leaves the elevator in the parking garage and he walks past all of the parking spaces that are like reserved by name for the director mm. and the deputy director, mm-hmm. and we see him like walk all the way down to his kind of shitty car, and he just has this little look, and then uh, we get to the opening titles when he slams his car trunk like slightly too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you go, oh, okay, this is going to be a movie about jealousy. Good. Mm. I like that you haven't just told me that. I like that you've left me to figure that out. It's really nice. We learn a little bit about uh, about Eric as well, Peter John. Um, yeah, Peter John is in a twenty four seven DS relationship with an East German woman. Yeah, uh, she is old enough. It seems to be, which I know is a stretch for John to play this role um, with a <laughs> with a woman who is old enough to have sex. But uh, he does a great job with it. She's good too. Yeah, Juliana. He's a method actor, and this is—it was terrible mm, for him. Yeah, he practiced for five months. My only note is just everyone's fucking whispering. Everyone's I can't whispering. Hear a yeah. I had to thing. base boost every drop. I really for this. did. But yeah, but like basically the only lines that that she has are like, she's like, oh, I don't want to be like an FBI wife, and he kisses her and goes like, Sorry. Good girl. Okay, fine. Not what? taking that. Also, what? there's um, there's a line where he's he's showing her pictures of the people that he's been spying on, and she says, "Are they terrorists?" And he says, "They're targets." And I was like, "Oh, that's mm. a that's that's ideology right there." It's yeah. a heavy ideology, and she responds as as girlfriends do in movies where they're going to get mad at you halfway through, then forgive you at the end. Which is, mm. she responds to everything he says, be like, huh, "Wow, really? Yeah, that's so, so cool." So, so, but Ryan Philippe gets called into the FBI. You have a special task for him, and this scene produces, I would say, about half the drops that I have because Two they sit. Of mine. They sit him down. It's this a, a sort of zero dark thirty type agent called Kate Burrows, very blonde, very intense. Laura she, Linney, an actress I love to see. Yeah, uh, and, oh, yeah. And, and she sits him down. She goes, "What do you know about Dennis Hansen? Dennis Hansen? Excuse me, what it- Dennis. It's Robert Hansen's <laughs> brother, and Robert Hansen's voice. <laughs> you mean Rob? Okay, Dennis. fine. Just just roast me so much that we can't cut it out. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we'll do four she, callbacks. There's no way to get rid of it. She, she sits him down. She asks, "What do you know about Robert Hansen?" And uh, immediately, great line. Wait, I've heard of this guy. Was he the one who hacked into another agent's hard drive? He's the best computer guy we've got. 
he's the best computer guy we've got. Mm -hmm. That's not the whole drop. The whole drop is this. He's the best computer guy we've got. He's also a sexual deviant. <laughs> that would also have been a, a, a great reply to the yeah. email that I received that I can't discuss. <laughs> he's not that good a computer guy. No, so it, it's um, it's honestly it's like um there's like a meeting going on about a trans woman that works for them that hasn't come out yet, and they're like, he's the best computer guy we've got. He's also, he's also a sexual sec deviant. And yeah, been posting on the internet. Yes, yes. Been posting on the internet. He's been posting on the internet. So, so the vibe is that Hansen is a bit of like a sex pest. He's yes. he's been harassing junior colleagues. He's also been like apparently posting on the internet. We don't know what, oh, but he, it's, it's he, horny. He's it's, horny online. Yeah. He's here, horny on here at the FBI. We take a profound anti-horny stance, mm -hmm. and we also hashtag believe women. Therefore, Ryan Philippe, because you're on your fucking FBI apprenticeship. Because you want your like FBI SVQ or your city and guilds or whatever. If you do this for us, if you go undercover as his new assistant and spy on Robert Hansen, we will make you a real boy. We will make you a real FBI yes. agent. So they're like, it's it. This is depicted as not being a particularly glamorous assignment. Like Ryan Ryan Phillips, like, what really? I just have to like like take notes if this guy like jacks off in his office. Like that's yes. it. And they're like, yes. yeah, basically, fine. You are basically like the FBI's HR department on this. Mm -hmm. um, so he goes to FBI headquarters where Robert Hansen has been reassigned. And already we get some cool vibes because this is the mm. fucking the puzzle palace, right? Lots of very identical white hallways. And we get yeah. to Office 9930. The entire movie is graded so fucking cold. Like, there's not a single mm. scene in this movie that doesn't have a heavy blue on it. Which yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it does convey an effect, but it also gets really grating on the eyes after a while. Mm, it's it's like, very blue and grey. The mm. office is like windowless. It's soulless. It's very small. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, it's really good. The lack of windows comes up a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. The other cool thing about the office is that it, we see all of the security involved. Mm. Uh, he has to like punch in a code, and the sound of that code being entered will be a recurring sort of source of tension open it with a key, and then when he gets in, the door, like, seals a bit too much behind him. Yeah. Like, it closes a bit too, uh, intensely. And we get this sort of nice, like, half-second shot of him looking over his shoulder, like, oh shit, that's probably, like, soundproofed. Mm -hmm. And then we follow this up with an even better shot, which is that his new office chair squeaks. Mm. I really mm. like this. As a little depiction of, like, organizational priorities, it tells you very, very sparsely, just two little shots. Okay, this is an organization that cares a lot about secrecy, uh, and a lot about security, and not very much about comfort. Mm. That's right, that's right. And then, then, uh, then he meets Dennis, um, who comes <laughs> oh, in. <laughs> this is such a perfect, like, it's first interaction. Good, yeah, like, he's Let really shifty, it. doesn't make eye contact, like, he's making some really, really strong choices in this scene, Chris Cooper, I, I, I really love it. A there's a thing film. there's a thing that I wondered was was purposeful or not, and I later figured out that it was, and that's that every time that Robert Hansen is talking, he has like he's jingling his keys in his pocket. It's like a nervous habit. Mm. It's behind all of his dialogue. He's just like kind of j quietly jingling his keys. And I just I, I really like that as an expression of like, I don't know, control and like power, but also mm. insecurity and nervousness. Um but he he sort of is very avoidant. He just he like walks into a room and says things. Mm -hmm. It's sort of 
there's a little bit to it of like how Hollywood I thinks an autistic person acts, and I'm mm. curious to what extent that was uh, mm. like. I, I would be very interested to find out because I couldn't, in the course of researching this, whether that was something that Chris Cooper or the director was like trying to do, or whether that's just how it came out, trying to mimic Hanson's sort of mannerisms. Mm. But he's it's it's very sort of alienating. Um, and we yeah, mm. the, the first interaction between these two is really good because Hanson walks into the room and uh, Eric's like, "Hi, good morning," and he goes. Mm. Tell me five things about you, and four of them are true. And then is completely silent while Eric's like, what? Uh, um, like My girlfriend is over 16. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's like, this is wrong. Uh, and Eric's like, look, I'm not that good at bluffing. And Hansen leaves, but as he's leaving the room, he like looks over his shoulder and goes, that would have counted as your lie. Yeah, so we great. get a couple of things there. It's, mm. Mm. We, we see we see that Hansen is very very paranoid. He's also a very devout Catholic. He's got mm -hmm. a big crucifix up in his office, mm -hmm. um, and he explains the culture of the FBI to Ryan Philippe in a way that is very very cogent. Actually, I just pulled a lot of it as a drop. The FBI is a gun culture. You can't advance here unless you're part of it. Every director in the history of the bureau has come from the law enforcement side. Guys who shoot, guys who make arrests. Never been a director from the intel side. Never will be. And the whole time they're walking down the hallway. Yes. Uh, there are like walls of portraits for like distinguished service, meritorious service. The guys who get the corner offices. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's also there's a skiff, a secure compartmented information facility, which Hansen says is where they're looking for a mole inside mm. the CIA or the FBI, mm. and they don't know where to look because they're all stupid. And he does th this, there's this great sort of like building sense of like a career's worth of slights and resentments just mm. built up over decades. Very much um, like a leftist YouTuber, I see. Yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's also, the entire time he's walking with Eric and like waxing poetic about why he won't ever get like a promotion. He's mm. he is constantly running Eric into objects. Yes. Like yeah. Eric's trying to follow along next to him and he just keeps getting like he walks slightly too close to a wall and Eric has to drop behind him for a bit and it's yeah, this it, happens it a paints couple a times. really good picture on who just doesn't really care about the person they're talking to. He's yeah. using he's it as a sounding board. He's kind of an incel, like an intelligence department celibate. Yeah. Because like, yeah. he's he's like, oh, these goddamn like gigachads and Stacys are always getting corner offices, and like, I'm always being overlooked, and like, but I'm gonna show things up around here, and they're gonna know who it really is. He also, um, he encourages Eric to just like take a new computer. He's like, oh, my computer's really shit, and like, he encourages him to kind of not be insubordinate, but to like kind of go around his superiors bureaucracy and, yes yeah, yeah, yeah but like mainly just it's to listen to him and to like prioritize what he wants yeah um eric it's great also, like asset building in that way it's mm, yeah eric also has the fun line because we see that hansen is trying to get internet into his office and eric oh, just says yeah oh do you i thought you were gonna have it well i have i have one but i'm not sure if it's the one that you want what he does is he because he's standing on his desk trying to get internet but slightly before that uh, when he's asking him about the internet, Eric asks him, like, uh, so What kind of sites do you like? On the internet. Are there sites you Why? like? To... 
Are you a redditor, sir? What kind of sites do you like? Do, do, do you have, do you have yeah. stairs in your house? Mm. <laughs> um, but so I mean. He's right about the FBI. Like this line about the never having been a uh, an FBI director from the intelligence side. He's that's still true. Um, mm. Twenty years later, but we also are about to run headfirst into the other aspect of Robert Hansen's personality because this is a man who is just uncontrollably horny. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, absolutely. He and Ryan Philippe enter a lift, an elevator in which there is an attractive woman, and there's this sort of. Moment where he gets about ten times more awkward, and knowing that he's a sexual deviant, after she gets out, Ryan Philippe tries to like work him on it a little bit. Right, mm. he goes like, "Oh, she was hot, huh?" And he just gets what he gets back is I disapprove of women in pantsuits. It's great. Whenever he's uncomfortable, he gets more prudish and more Catholic. Really more Catholic, yeah, yeah, yeah. The walls kind of like come down a little bit, and Eric's yeah. like, "Oh, she was really hot. A little bit old for me now." Um, <laughs> but we also uh, Hanson like hates internal politics. He hates bureaucracy. He hates the CIA clowns. Um, <laughs> yes, and he he's also uh, he's he's really fucking Catholic because he says, "Oh, the reason we beat the Soviets is like they were cleverer than us, but they failed because they were atheists." And like, mm. you should get more Catholic. Go to church. <laughs> the specific start of uh, the Soviet line is. Uh, at one point, Eric leaves the office and stood outside by his car is Hanson, who goes, Do you know why the Russian Empire collapsed? <laughs> to which Eric goes, Good morning. <laughs> which I really enjoy. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, he doesn't like gay marriage. He doesn't like, well, anything really. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, very, very you get Catholic. this like, sense of resentment later on when they're in church and he goes, I saw a woman from Planned Parenthood on television this morning. A lesbian, naturally, defending gay marriage. I almost ripped the cable out of the wall. The delivery there too, it's like, it's mm. great. But, the, but so, we see that his project, what he's been reassigned to do, to head this new division, what he's been promoted to do, is to totally recondition how the FBI's IT systems work. Um, because they're years behind everyone else, because they won't cooperate with anyone. Uh, they're insular, they do internal politics, they won't listen to anything that he wants to do, which incidentally is he's a Linux guy, he wants them to put on, put on like uh, Red Hat servers and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it, this takes on this whole new dimension when you realize that he is talking about the FBI and the culture of the FBI the year before 9-11. Mm, um, yeah, that is an interesting... That he's saying, like... That, this works so poorly. Every other intelligence agency is so far ahead of us that FBI agents still use cardboard boxes to store case notes. Um, and you kind of get the sense, wait a second, he has a, has a point here. Um, yeah. It's interesting that they don't portray him in the film as like a massive evil traitor, that they do, I wouldn't say he's sympathetically portrayed, but he's, he's humanized, certainly. Um, yes. But he, he invites uh, Peter John to come to church with him. He's like, bring your wife. Like, we'll make your wife more Catholic as well. Um, like, come to yeah. church and then come to my yeah. house for a big like, I, I, Catholic We've got to talk about the wife. At this, point, at this point, I wrote down, I have, I have a big trad things counter that I've uh, sort of like incremented here. Uh, one is that he gets to the church and uh, he genuflects and Ryan Philippe forgets to. So trad count number one. Trad count number two is he takes him to a Latin mass. Uh, trad count number three is his wife is wearing a mantilla the whole time. 
she's like, actually, we find out that she's the one who got him into Catholicism. He was mm. Lutheran, and uh, he he really became like the sort of the trad cath equivalent of born again. Uh, he joined mm. Opus Dei because of her. Mm. Um, and yeah. it's great because you get you get this scene of like uh, Juliana being incredibly freaked out by this all of this trad shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Because yeah. of course she doesn't know that that like her boyfriend is investigating her husband indeed is investigating this guy. She thinks this no. is just like her husband's new boss, and she's like, "Why is why is his wife trying to like seriously convert me to Catholicism? I don't really give a shit." Mm-hmm. There's there's a number of things regarding Juliana. Um, the, the all of them happen without her on screen. Um. But when they're when they're talking about the the five things, right? He he eventually does go back and give Hanson his five things, and he lists them off. Uh, doesn't really matter what they are, but the one that was a lie, which is in the middle, is that his favorite drink is v- vodka tonic. Vodka tonic. Mm. He says that his his wife is an East German lapsed Protestant, and Hanson responds like he is just sworn directly in his face, like he just goes <laughs> yes. gravely silent. Yes. Mm. It's, um. Yeah, it's so so good. The whole time, the whole time, by the way, Ryan Philippe is getting badgered by his handler, Agent Burrows, who is frankly a terrible handler. Um, oh, absolutely. Basically, basically, what she does is she pages him urgently on a pager, which inevitably goes off and annoys the shit out of Hanson at the worst possible moment to go. Where are my pages of reports? I need my pages of reports. Why aren't you writing them now? Where are they? Um, and she just kind of like alienates him at the whole time that um, uh, that Ryan Philippe comes to respect and admire Robert Hansen more and more as he starts. Yeah, to yeah. Think, he starts it, to think that he's misunderstood. He like yeah. snoops on his personal computer, like obviously expecting to find horny shit, and he's it's just full of Catholic stuff. He's just like, this guy's just really Catholic, and like, yeah. and, and then he does him he does him <laughs> a favor, right? Which is. Uh, he had mentioned his his mom had Parkinson's, yes. and uh, Robert Hansen prints him out the fucking Wikipedia article for Parkinson's because that was a <laughs> like a serious uh, imposition back in the days of uh, two thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, hey, I did some research for you on the internet. Maybe you can, uh, you know, maybe there's some some stuff there that you didn't know about. And he's yeah. genuinely touched by it. Mm. Yeah, um, it like really affects Eric. Eric is to the point where he immediately like calls his hand on. Is like, what the fuck are we doing here? This yeah, is just yeah. a normal ass guy. One thing about this, about the sort of house of lies here that I really like, is on if you if you did a rewatch of this, one thing you might notice is that. When they're having this conversation, they are standing on top of an empty floorboard in which Hansen has been storing cash that he has been sent by the Russians, mm-hmm. selling yeah. them secrets. Yeah, because um, Eric goes back to his uh, handler, Laura Linney, and he's mm-hmm. like, look, like, what the fuck am I doing? This case is bullshit. Like, he, yeah, okay, he's a bit weird and a bit awkward, but like, fundamentally, he's just a normal dude. Why the fuck am I spying on him? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, he jacked off to some porn one time in the office. Okay, like, big deal, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and Laura Lini turns around and he's like, he's a massive fucking traitor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna like drop the veil here. Mm. Um, again, this is like terrible handling because this is the thing, right? I, I feel yeah. like this speaks to a lack of confidence that the movie has in itself in that. I would have put this later for pacing. Way later. It happens before the halfway point. Yeah, because I think this movie has a thing where it wants to depict the FBI as being a cold, resentful place and this nest of jealousy. 
Um, and it wants to do that, and it wants to reinforce that by making Laura Linney be quite cool towards Ryan Philippe by having her be like, oh, you don't need to know that yet, until she has to. Mm-hmm. I think a more confident movie would have allowed her to like try some more false charm, and would have allowed us to get the experience of uh, sort of Ryan Philippe being the man in the middle who is being worked on both sides by two people who are trying to manipulate him. I would have appreciated that, but instead... Yes. He just goes into this conversation, goes, you're trying to manipulate me. And she goes, yeah, all right, fucking, I'll tell you everything. It was a secret kill squad. Yeah, yeah, Honestly, it's fully like that. She just gives up immediately. (laughs) This is the thing that they teach you in, uh, in, in, like, US intelligence services is the second you are confronted in a lie, admit everything, even stuff that wasn't even on the table. Mm. And so she, she goes, oh, the jerking off stuff is also true. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna take you into the secret Get Robert Hansen office, which has big pictures of him yeah. up all on over the walls, the as if they're gonna forget what he yeah. looks like. Yeah, um, <laughs> fifty dudes working in uh, the fucking head actually, of the department. Like this is yeah, yeah. this is an understatement, by the way. I checked on this. Her line is: uh, she he asks her, "How many agents do you have detailed on this?" And she says, 50. Um, There were three hundred agents following <laughs> Robert Hansen. <laughs> it was. Guy like me, if, if I was selling secrets to the KJB, uh, that's mm-hmm. us, the KGB. Um, fuck it, sell your secrets to KJB. Yeah, Why fucking, not? Fucking yeah, sell us your documents. I'm yeah. just going to Robert, come on the pod. We Robert. can pay you. We can pay you in Patreon money. Give us yeah. that one hour you're not in fucking solitary. Just swing through the phone. <laughs> it's about the about the length of an episode. Just come on, yeah. it'll be good. Um, yeah, yeah. A phone <laughs> interview with and, he, and he's here tonight, <laughs> Robert Hansen. What was I saying? Help me out. You, you, I, don't <laughs> I don't fucking know either. You were talking about selling secrets to the KGB. Selling se- yeah, guy like me, you could get like three people looking into that and they would get me in like two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 300 is so fucking impressive to evade for like here's, 10 years. Here's the thing. Because he was one of their most trusted guys, because he was their... Um, He's the best computer guy we've got. But they... <laughs> They had a previous leak, a guy called Aldrich Ames, who's a CIA analyst, I believe. CIA um, clowns. He was a CIA clown, yes. He was a CIA And clown, yeah. in order to find that leak, they put their... He's the best computer guy we've got. ...on it. And so the guy hunting for Ames was Robert Hansen. He was, the, he was their guy trying to catch the, uh, the Soviet and then Russian mole. But also, he, they, they had him hunting himself at one point, because he yes. was put in charge of the yes. task force to find him, which was yes. really funny. There's, God, I would have well, such well, a we, good time. We, we, the task force to we, find me. We, we find out that the reason why uh, he's sort of like uh, so big of a traitor is because the movie doesn't actually say this, but uh, for a time in FBI counterintelligence, he was in charge of the section that handled. Soviet and Russian agents in the US who wanted to defect or who wanted to give information. So if you were a KGB agent who was stationed in Washington, D.C., and you were disaffected with the Soviet Union, you wanted to give information to the Americans. Yeah, if you're, you're a coward. Yeah, if you're a traitor, yeah, your, your case would go to Robert Hansen and you would be killed because he would betray you. Mm-hmm. And so we see that he has killed between three and fifty guys like this, mm-hmm. um, more or less personally, as close as you can personally. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. He's he's like written to the Russians and said, "Hey, you know, this person's actually a mole for us," and the Russians have then killed him. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, and also it, it his is... whole office, his entire mm. office, is like 
wired to the gills with microphones. I, yeah, they built I it. I really like up. this. So mm-hmm. cool. I really, really like this because she just goes offhandedly. Oh yeah, 9903, we, we, we built that for him. And it cuts to them building it out from the walls. And because it's in like sort of the, the, the studs of drywall, it looks like a cage. It looks like a trap. It's mm-hmm. perfect. And everything in there is wired. Um, oh yeah, and the reason that he's been allowed to kind of get away with doing this for so long is um, they want to catch him red-handed. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is like they- the biggest intelligence leak ever. They want to catch him in the act of making a drop to the Russians, which, as Peter John points out, will mean that he will be executed. Yes, yeah, they want to be able to give him the death penalty which in order support- to, <laughs> but they, they they want to use it specifically yeah, okay. to uh, get to force his cooperation. That they think yes. he will be able to like name names if they are able to kill him if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Um, so, yeah, they they were listing off this guy's shit. They're like, okay, this guy is spied for the Russians. He likes rough sex and enjoys strippers. And I was like, this guy seems based. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. That's me. Yeah. Real... <laughs> he was he was much... three hundred guys trying to nail me. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was much weirder sexually than the movie gives it credit for. His best mm. friend was a U.S. Army colonel. Um, he set up a CCTV system with a camera in his bedroom so that from the bathroom this guy could watch Hanson fuck his wife. Yes, I'm seeing this. Um, Did the wife know about this? I don't believe so. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, he he also gave a ton of money and a Mercedes to a stripper. And then claimed that he was trying to convert her to Catholicism. He was a that's weird so, dude. That's no, hell yeah, did it man. Work? Um, but so we also we also incidentally get to add no, another another counter to the guy you love to see in a movie uh, alert, which is Dennis Haysbert. I love Dennis yes! Haysbert, president oh, of the first guy. season of Twenty Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched two whole series of a borderline sitcom about Delta Force called The Unit because he was in it. Really good. Love the guy. Uh, and he's like. On the squad that's gonna fucking track him. So and then we get a really, really nice moment because Eric, uh, his like head is spinning from all this information, mm. just finding out that his boss is a massive traitor. Now he's got to like get ready to go into work tomorrow and like lie to him and everything. Goes home and Hansen is in his house, <laughs> in yes. his fucking so home. Yeah, and he just has to like build this den of lies to everyone in the room. Like he's lying to his wife about separate things. He lies to Hansen. He lies to mm-hmm. Hansen's wife, who is also fucking there. Mm-hmm. It's it's really really good. Yeah, and they they are in full Tradcath psycho mode. And there's this mm-hmm. great bit where they like they sort of make them say grace around the table, and you get the sexual threat of Hansen like holding out his hand to Juliana, and it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they have an argument after the Hansons have left, and he's like, I can't tell you anything, like, shut the fuck up! Yep, um, yep. counterintelligence yeah. work, you gotta gaslight your wife. Um, it's, it's, there's so much here about masculinity, right? Because all he needs hmm. to do is reassure his wife, and he, he can't do it. Like, he doesn't even need to be like, okay, this is why this is happening. He just needs to be like, listen, you, you are American enough for me. You know, you, we, I do love you. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is happening. Don't worry about it. This is just happening. It's going to be over at some point. But he can't do it. Mm-hmm. He just leaves. No. He, he, he very nearly joins the 41%, but instead just mm. shouts at his wife. Leaves and goes to see his dad his for dad another. Who is America? Yes, another very pivotal yes. conversation about masculinity and patriotism. <laughs> because one of the things, one of the things that we said before that we know is true, mm-hmm. is he is the first man in four generations of his family not to have served in the military. 
Mm-hmm. So his dad has, his grandfather has, and he's sick of this shit. He wants to quit. And his dad explicitly equates being an FBI agent to being in the military. You're serving your country. Quitting is unthinkable. It would be like mm-hmm. desertion. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you have to do is you have to get on the boat, do your job, and come back home again. Because mm-hmm. that's what I did, and that's what my dad did during the war. Um, this is the most, like, you are definitely still part of the troops that we've had since the hunt yes. for Red October. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah, he's, like, basically troops. Yeah, and that, that's what patriotism is. is mm. you, d- you do the hard thing, and you don't, you don't think too much about it. You don't overcomplicate it, even when you're scared. You just do your job. And you don't think too much about what your job might be. And that's what serving your country yeah. is, and you have to yeah. do it. Serving your country uh, is, don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check it. Yeah. No, no analysis here, but the guy who plays his dad, Bruce Davidson, you, you will recognize as uh, the senator in X-Men who gets mm-hmm. turned senator into Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's his. <laughs> that's where you'll know him from. Mm-hmm. He's so, America. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, he just plays America. He does a really, he's got he's one, one, one scene, knocks out the park, does exactly what he needs yeah, to do. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, so at this point, we have to see that there's, there's two things that the FBI wants Ryan Philippe to do. Number one, they want him to get and copy the contents of Hanson's Palm Pilot. Yes. Mm-hmm. And number two, they want to keep him out of the office for a few hours while they extremely search his car. And by mm-hmm. search his car, I mean disassemble his car. Oh yeah, car. no. <laughs> um, and so, in order to get him, uh, in order to get him out of the the office room for enough time to to copy over the Palm Pilot. What he does is they arrange the um, uh, they arrange his portrait to be taken for the, to go on the wall for his twenty five years of service. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, the guy that they get to do it is noticeably gay. He's not too even gay. that noticeable. He's just like no. kind of ambiguously gay. He's like slightly effeminate, and that is enough to fucking activate the tradcath lobe. And mm. so, because he hates being scrutinized, a thing which they undercut by later having him say, I hate being scrutinized. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just says it because, out loud. And because he's homophobic, uh, he's like he's sitting there getting more and more and more uncomfortable. They have to put makeup on him, and he hates that. Um, he has to like think about how he's sitting and looking. Uh, it's it's great. It's like watching someone fucking piloting a human shaped mech suit, mm. you know, uh, and just realizing that for the first time. Um, but so he he gets out early and is about to come yeah. back and and intercept Ryan Philippe. Um and one of the other FBI guys has to like. Offer to take him to the shooting range to reimpose that like gun club thing from earlier, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 great because we see that Robert Hansen is he's a very good shot. Mm. He's also fucking he's doing man out of time shit. He's got this big wide like isosceles stance. His like legs are way apart. <laughs> he's got a fucking revolver. He's got like a snub nose thirty eight, um, and so he's just kind of like. <laughs> It's it's so good. It's really good. Like every aspect of it is such like a great fucking character decision that they've gone for. It really mm. tells you everything you need to know about him without saying it. But occasionally they do laps and have him just say it. But most that's of the time the they're really good. Yeah, that's that's the weakest part of this movie, I feel, is when it doesn't trust itself enough. It'll do something mm-hmm. reasonably deftly and then it'll go back and, you know, say it again for the people in the audience who might not have got it. Yeah. Um 
But Eric manages to download the contents of Hansen's uh, Palm Pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he finds that he's just got like thousands of hours of the Kill James Bond podcast. <laughs> and also he's been sending a bunch of like weird, creepy DMs to early transition trans girls mm-hmm. on Twitter, yeah. which is very odd. Um, yeah, well, but he almost gets caught. And uh, then he, he covers it by, uh, he's in Hansen's office when Hansen comes back. And uh, he pretends to be praying, which is yeah, I really like that. It's like brazening it out. But I also liked the kind of because what he does is he switches it back, and then he he like starts to doubt himself. Hansen's briefcase has like four sort of like pretty identical pockets, and he gets this kind of like undercover neurosis where he like his goes back and puts in a different one, and then puts in a different one in case that was wrong. Mm. Um, And it's I I really really liked that actually. But it so, comes back to an earlier scene where there was a shot of Hansen putting his palm pilot in the pocket. Like mm-hmm. a very specific one that's really highlighted in the movie earlier. Yeah. Um, um, but so he, he gets him out of the office so that they can uh, disassemble his car. He like, gives him a lift in, in Ryan Philippe's car. Yeah, they just um, go on a little like, um, like a little spy gay date. It's cool. They just, they just go around places for a bit. The entire time they're removed, they're taking this car to fucking pieces. Well, they're supposed to go and meet the CIA clowns. Yeah, the um, DIA yeah. clowns, the uh, Defense Intelligence Agency clowns. Oh. But it's too many fucking agencies. Yeah, tell me about it. But when uh, the the DIA IT guy, the one that we work for again, I keep getting my handlers mixed up. It's the problem. Oh, well, yeah. Never mind. Cut that out. So so the DIA guy gets like a uh, gets like a double booking. And because he's paranoid, and because he's only able to interpret stuff within the lens of FBI internal politics, Hansen is like, "Fuck you! Me and my twink are leaving this <gasps> instant. Uh, don't don't ever talk to me again." Mm. Uh, yeah, for th- real. This is clearly a power play. Um, and they sort of they argue in the car, uh, but the yeah. whole time you get this like tense bit where like Hansen is trying to get back earlier while they're disassembling his car. Yeah, um, you you get a. A phenomenal bit where, like, they get the message from the guys that are trailing them, but like, he's leaving, he's coming back now. We give it like 20 minutes before he gets back home. And like, this car is lying completely like factory disassembled. Mm-hmm. And the line <laughs> that is said is like, all right, zip it up. Yeah, like, what? Put, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Just put yeah. it back together now, real fast. Just fucking. We also see yeah. that Hansen's boot of his car is absolutely full of packed. Actually, yeah. fucking Sick, brim. nasty gun collection, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, again, one sort of, based. I don't. <laughs> one sort of wonders if this could have been sort of if, like, if he could have been a workplace shooter. It's like, mm. Mm. but anyway, the, um, the film muses on it for a bit, but doesn't really have an answer. Y- yeah, it doesn't. Um, but that's fine. I don't. I don't yeah. really need it to. So mm-hmm. Ryan Philippe gets him stuck in traffic, um, and Hanson just tries to walk back. And in order to get him back in the car, uh, Ryan Philippe has to lie to him. He has to tell him, actually, I was taking you this way and, getting, and got us stuck in traffic because I was trying to take us to the church because I was trying to make Juliana be more Catholic. Mm. Uh, and what, hap- what follows is a fucking a Catholic version of you have to tell me if you're a cop legally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really because- is. Because Hansen goes no, if you're like, in the Inquisition, you gotta tell me. <laughs> yeah, and Hansen goes, "Say well, I say, I swear to God, <laughs> say it, motherfucker." <laughs> and he goes, um, "No, I'm not gonna say that." And it could have because yeah, because, because because it's like doing the um, 
the cop has to say they're an undercover cop, so they say yes sarcastically. Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 100%. Where he goes, I'm not going to say that because you're an asshole and you've never trusted me. And, you know, why don't I get to ever confront you about shit? Um, and you're mm. so fucking weird. Mm. Um, which I I'm like. Definitely Catholic. I, I, he does the Eddie Izzard bit where he's like, I believe in the teachings of Cathol and everything that he's done. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so I, on the one hand, I like this, but on the other, like, I'm annoyed that he doesn't have to, like, disavow. He doesn't have to, like, incriminate himself in that way. Yeah. Because, like, this could have been an interesting thing and it would have picked up a theme that we get to later if part of the cost of catching Robert Hansen is you have to fucking lie using your religion uh and you know that that's yes. something that it just costs to do that um but instead robert hansen gives him this uh this envelope to mail and like an idiot he immediately goes home opens it steams it open and finds it's a vhs tape and just pops it in the vcr yeah this um, is a baffling thing I, I have no idea why he would do that. I don't know if he did this in real life. I, I don't know if this was a, a movie invention, but it's such a fucking baffling thing to do. Mm, yeah, yeah, very odd. And uh, the, the VHS tape is, of course, Robert Hansen having sex with his wife for the consumption yes. of one of Robert Hansen's weird friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then our FBI counterintelligence operative... This is so fucking contrived immediately mm. gets outplayed by his wife. Yeah, yeah. This this whole scene is is shit. Um, it's like, yes. It's really, really bad. He, like, fucking does this completely out of character. He opens it up, he puts it in the fucking tape player. It's Anson having sex with his wife. Chain of evidence. And immediately, his, his wife comes in through the door and is like, what are you watching? And he goes, nothing. And then she's like, yeah, could you go and get the rest of my fucking, like, shopping from the car? And he goes, yes, ma'am, leaves and walks back in, and she's Leave obviously the watching the, the fucking tape. Moron. And then she's like, what are you doing, man? And he goes, oh, I can't tell you, and leaves. And it's like, this whole scene was shit. This was really Yeah. Just tell your wife. Just be like, Just look, be I nice. can't tell you what it is. It's work. Like, get, again, lie like, by I, omission. I, I, I like, get we it. all do. I get it if, if like... You had gone a little bit stronger earlier on the theme of this will also cost you your faith if it had gone to this will cost you your marriage. But instead, what he does is he just goes to, to Kate Burroughs' handler's apartment and, and goes, hey, is being an FBI agent like being a kind of samurai? Mm. He's <laughs> like, a hard. Do, do we have to follow the like feudal code of Bushido? Um, is it worth it? And and she kind of like looks around at her totally empty apartment. She's like, uh, I don't know. It's probably fine for most people. It's not for she, me. She mm. makes a joke, but she's like, I don't even have a cat. Like, mm -hmm. There's a great bit that she has. There's one thing about about Kate that I like, which is uh, mm. earlier on when she's she's showing him the like Hanson Operations Center. Uh, yeah. She goes, I don't I don't mind that he fooled us. What annoys me is that like I came to work every day and he was just undoing everything I did, and I might as well have just stayed home. Mm. And I really like Yeah, that, that was good. Um, but yes, so it, it, he's... They're, getting, they're closing in on Hansen now. Um, but, but he sends a letter to his Russian handlers saying, it's been real, lads, but uh, mm. so long, and I'm not, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to give you any more information. So they can't catch yeah. him red-handed if he doesn't fucking do it. There is, like, I what? think the FBI are on to me. So long, mm. thanks for all the fish. Yeah, there, what, there what is tips one them thing. off is that mm. the car that they have now filled with fucking tracking devices keeps interfering with his radio, 
And this is yeah. the world's most paranoid man. So just like suddenly his car is making weird noises and he's like, yeah, fuck this. Fuck this, man. Yeah, I am immediately blown. There, there are two things to point out here um, in terms of historical accuracy. One is that, um, as far as I know, the FBI tried really hard. They could not reproduce any of the sounds that he claimed to be hearing. So there is <laughs> there is a decent chance that this was some like fucking extrasensory narrative perception that he had developed, where he just kind of like knew beyond <laughs> knowing that he was being spied on. Um, the other thing is that in this letter to the SVR uh, or the FSB, one of the things that Robert Hansen did in real life, the KJB, yeah. Was was to recommend that they cultivate Eric O'Neill as an agent. He just fucking puts Ryan Philippe in the thing, like, oh, you should get this guy. He's good. He could be the that's, next me. That's very yeah. funny. <laughs> um, yeah. But so he he you realizes blackmail him. He's using the age of his girlfriend. Um, <laughs> yeah, this guy seems so... real cool and normal. You should definitely hire him. Yeah, but Eric <laughs> Eric says, well, because Eric's talking to his handlers. Um, and they're like, look, if we, if we don't get him to make the drop, then all we've got is the contents of his Palm Pilot, and he's going to turn around and say, oh, that's just notes for a spy novel that I'm writing, it's all made up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it a crime to dump cryptic letters in a park where they could be read by anybody? No. Um, so Classic, like, mi mis mishandling of classified information is five years, they say. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Eric says, I think I can persuade him to make the drop. I think he wants to do it. I think mm -hmm. he wants to rub your faces in how clever he is. Um, and I think he wants to be caught. So, yeah. so is, then, mm. um, then Hansen just turns up outside his flat drunk, which is quite funny. It's it's yes. really good. Like he acts drunk so well. He like mm -hmm. he gets in the car with him, and you just see that like his eyes are totally red, and he just kind of goes, "Can I trust you?" in a tone that we haven't heard him use before. Mm -hmm. It's it's really this moment of like yeah. vulnerability and mistrust. Uh, but you, you do get the sense that there's this ego that's driving him. There's this bit there's been uh, that we skipped over a bit, but he um, when he's talking about the portrait that he's going to get uh, yes. put up on the wall, he says, "That's fine. It'll be that'll be my memorial. Uh, I, I'll know what I did, even if no one else remembers me. I'll know what I did." And that reminded me a little bit. That kind of like uh, my, my memorial here is, I know I was fucking all of you over. And my picture is on the wall, uh, sort of like lauded. It reminded me a bit of like the espionage version of Jimmy Savile's tombstone. You know, mm. he thought he had gotten away with it, and he had uh, arranged this tombstone for himself that was like beloved by all and shit. Yeah. Uh, just as like it's like a last joke at your expense, right? Mm. To be like, oh yeah, actually, I was I was great, wasn't I? Just a um, final fuck you as you're going out the door. Mm. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what it says on Jimmy Savile's tombstone. I wasn't looking when I was pissing on it, but um, <laughs> when you were there with that hammer, yeah, um... yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so they drive into the park, and Hansen just like starts randomly firing a gun into the park. He's like, "Can I trust you? I don't know if I can trust you or not. Like, what the fuck's going on?" This is this is what it means to be an FBI agent. Which again, the agent thing is really confected. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and Eric calls him out. He's like, "You're a shithead. You're paranoid." Nobody's tailing you. Nobody's insane, watching you. Insane, dear girl. Why? Quite insane. Said, why would they? You don't fucking matter. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, okay, you're you not did that some important. Shit Twenty years ago, but you're not that important. Like, no one gives a shit. And then and that's and he has what this, gets him. Yeah, he has yes. this great line which goes, "I matter plenty." Yeah, so lovely. And that was his There's final this... line before he leaves the fucking park. And immediately thereafter, fucking Eric goes home and he calls his hand and goes, "He's going to make a drop. Yeah, 100%, he's going to do, do it." 
So there's this thing that you, you may be aware of in motivations for uh, human intelligence assets for spies. It's kind right. of out of fashion now. It's been <laughs> it's been replaced by something called rascals by and large. But it, it used to be a acronym called mice. Right, the four things mice. Most mice mice mice. The four things that motivated a spy: money, ideology, coercion, or ego. You were being paid to do oh. something. That's better than scum, actually. <laughs> You, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you were being paid to do something, you believed it was the right thing to do something, you were being blackmailed to do something, or you wanted to do it for the excitement. You wanted to do it for you. And yes. this movie makes explicit that the sort of the, the sin going on here, the thing that motivates Robert Hansen to do what he does is ego. It's, it contrasts him with Aldrich Ames, who is a money guy. He was paid, mm. you know, some number of millions by the Russian intelligence services. Uh, and Robert Hansen, he does it because he wants to. He does it because it takes it out on people who think who think themselves better than him. Mm -hmm. um, it, it humiliates his enemies and it humiliates an organization that he never fit into. Mm -hmm. um, what does Rascals stand for then? What's the new uh, one? It's it's sort of the opposite end of the same thing. It's stuff that you as a handler are meant to offer to an agent. So reciprocation, authority, scarcity, consistency, liking, and social proof. Um, doesn't doesn't really come up in this. But off uh, the fucking so, dome, off the dome. Listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Alice, that, that's what you gave us when we started this podcast. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. right. I'm, I'm trying to think which one I was. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to do all of them all and the that's time. what we're giving you the listener that's right because uh, we we are we are training you to mm -hmm. to join us in working for the intelligence services that's true that's right that's right <laughs> so uh so we, we skipped Hansen... over a number of things one thing we skipped over is a drop that i actually do have a point i'd like to make about but i, I don't know if we should um so there's a point where and this reminded it's not a great, it's not a great point it's very funny to me though make the, make the fucking there's point. fuck you um, earlier on, when when Eric is like reading everything that Hansen has said about like the United States and all of his dealings and that, there is one line in particular which and uh, this is a this is a slur. To be clear, this is the R slur. Oh, oh the forbidden drop. Yes, I have. I'm going to drop. use the forbidden drop. Yeah, he reads this line. The U.S. can be errantly likened to a powerfully built but retarded child, which mm -hmm. which is a real Hansen quote. Um, yep. But while that audio is being played. It, the shot is of Eric reading, and as the word is said, he shakes his head. <laughs> just to, just <laughs> so, so you know, he doesn't agree with it. Which I found to be so fucking funny. Well, this 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 was a real thing. Is that like Robert mm. Hansen uh, when he uh, like sent information to to the KGB or to the SVR, he would include along with the classified documents a shitload of like unwanted personal essays about <laughs> how he thought they should be doing shit. Oh, he just like me for real. <laughs> he just kind of, he would just sort of post. Um, and <laughs> He's a, He was a reply a guy to the United States. He was an early poster. Like, yeah. there, was, there was a bit where he, um, there was one letter to them where he said that they should adopt the management styles of Mayor Daly of Chicago. Um, just baffling, baffling, yeah. baffling series of things to say. Uh, one, in fact, one of the ways that they identified him was they had purchased this document, this dossier, one of his posts that he had been sent, and they pulled his fingerprints off of it. But they also pulled a, 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 a like a voice print analysis, which was Hansen reading a George Patton quote about, and this is verbatim, the purple pissing Japanese, which caused yes. someone to recognize his voice. 
insane. He, d- he does man. mention pissing yeah. purple. He actually says that line in the in the movie, even mm. when he when he threatens he Eric does. about going in his office the first time. So yeah, yeah. I can I can see that. Yeah. So because he wants to like get his like last his last hurrah, he walks to the drop site. We get um, the worst thing that you can imagine, and I read it in the perfect Ros voice. We get a black title card that just says a date and time, and I was like, holy yeah. shit, yes, that's never a yes. good fucking sign. Um, and and one thing I like is that the thing that it shows is the gun guys get to have their fun, right? They uh, do. Albeit that he has been outplayed by the intelligence side, when he gets back to his car, it's the guys who like to like jump out of black SUVs and point guns at people who get to make the arrest. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's a number of really good parts about this. Um, the, the first is all of the shots of him doing the final dead drop are handheld. Mm-hmm. So it, it really gives you the impression. The rest of this has all been like fucking dollies, tripods. Mm-hmm. All very, very steady. All, very, all of them doing this is handheld. So it's like it gives you the impression that he is being watched. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Real nice. There is no one else around. Mm-hmm. Like no cars pass. There's like a dog barking, and it gets his attention because it's the only sound. Mm. Yes. Um. And the other thing that I really like is after they arrest him, uh, they drive off in like three different cars. Someone takes his car, and they are gone off that street like nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the whole thing is like it cleans up after itself. Yeah, it's they, they very all- very efficient. Yeah, they all they all jump out of the van at him. They've all got guns, and he just like all he says is twice. He goes, "Guns won't be necessary." Mm-hmm. He like puts his arms behind his back. Just, he's ready to be arrested. And as mm-hmm. they're arresting him, he very quietly, too quietly for me to get as a drop, but he just goes, "So this is how it goes." Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. such a like he knew this would happen. Like he was ready yeah. for this, and he accepts it immediately. Yeah, fun as well because he says when they put him in the car and drive him away, like. His boss, the guy who was in charge of the investigation, is just like, "What the fuck, man?" And he just says, "Maybe now you'll listen." Which mm-hmm. it was just like, "Oh, Which, yeah." Beautiful. He goes, "Sad day for us all." I have, I have one, one big criticism of this movie, which is, end the film here. Yeah, they should have ended it on that line. It's, it's at like an hour and twenty minutes. That's short a tight but movie. sweet. That's good. That's a tight movie. Instead, what they do is another half hour. They do the bit where they don't have confidence in what they're saying, and so he gets to sit in the back of the car. And oh, he says, this is this is really weak. Yeah, yeah. it's a shame. I, I I think I think it was ego. Uh, Everybody trying to guess the identity of a mole, and all the while, it's you they're after. Mm. You they're looking for a mogus. <laughs> like this, it, the thing about this this line, I'm gonna brush right over that. The thing about this line <laughs> is that, like, we know this. We have yeah, already yeah. like this has been said to us loud and clear by the movie thus far. But they just find it necessary to again have him do his fucking like villain speech as he's being arrested, and it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like they always say, show and tell. Um, yeah, I don't know whether this was a reshoot or if it was in there from the start, but it feels like a reshoot. It feels like something that was added on because people were like, I don't get it. Mm. But um, it kind of undercuts what we've been seeing so far. Mm. Anyway, they take him in um, and then uh, Peter John goes home to his wife and it's yep. all fine, I guess. Yeah, again, Juliana, not a character, basically no. just exists to show the toll this is taking on Eric. He goes home and is just like, Immediately walks in the door, just walks up to her, gives her a hug and a kiss, and she just fully accepts that it's fine again. Yeah, and I'm he's, like, he's just, like, why would oh, the marital tension over now? Um, 
but so he Art he goes finished. back to the yeah he goes back yeah. to the now being dismantled trap office where he meets Kate, um, yeah. and we finally get to put a hat on all of those like um, is it worth it the way of the FBI samurai sort of themes. She's like congratulations, Agent Peter John. Mm-hmm. You've yeah, completed and, your SVQ. And the um, answer to is it worth it is no. No, oh. no, no, it's not. It's like, well done, you finished your Duke of Edinburgh FBI award, and he's like, "Fuck you, I'm resigning. I'm going to be a lawyer." But you did. She, yeah, yes. he he quits for Juliana. Um, because the line from his handler is like, "She she'll get used to it eventually," and he goes, "I don't know if I want her to," which is, which is nice. something she expressed like right at the very start, which is nice. He finally listens. He takes him an hour and forty nine minutes to listen to his wife, and then. We really, really have to have another scene that outstays its welcome, oh, which is too much. Mm-hmm. on yeah. the way out, by pure coincidence, he bumps into an arrested Hanson in drive. Drive and shit. This is enabled, uh, this is like in order to enable a shot of Chris Cooper crying, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just goes pray for me because he's mm-hmm. a Catholic and also a giant hypocrite. Now that that ends the movie. But... And Ryan Phillips says, "Going down." Studio laughter. I do. I do. Before we, he brings out of... an air horn and goes. <laughs> <laughs> but before we before we get into what this says about masculinity, I do want to talk about how much this movie is a whitewash of the FBI. Um, really? Because one of the things that they say about Robert Hansen in this movie is that he is... He's the best computer guy we've got. Now, I concede that in 2000, being the best computer guy might not have been too difficult. But Seems like it was very easy. Some of the, some of the things that Robert Hansen did with his computers uh, included hacking into another agent's uh, computer, printing out a classified document, and then handing it to him to go, see, I just broke into your computer. <laughs> no, sorry, that rules. He 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 wants that's that's fucking hilarious. That's, that's so posting. Sick. He, yeah, he that's wants he wants to... you. <laughs> He's a man out of time in two directions. He would have been he, such yeah. a good poster. <laughs> he once broke his own office computer installing password cracking software on it. And when when confronted by the FBI's computer team about this, said that he needed to do it in order to hook a color printer up to his computer, which they believed. Um, it's, it's rock. Okay. He he was apparently constantly three hundred guys trying to catch this man. <laughs> yes, yeah. He constantly searched his own name in FBI databases to see oh, what they had on him. That's that's a really don't, nice little character Google moment. Your own name. And, and no one, no one noticed that he did that. Uh, he was he was reported to the FBI months before the start of the first investigation by his brother-in-law, who was also an FBI agent because he was spending a suspicious amount of money. And this also gets to this also gets to the heart of what I think it gets wrong about Hanson, which is yes, Hanson was motivated by ego, but part of the reason why. Uh, spies don't talk about mice anymore is because it, it's very determinative and it wants you, makes you want to put someone in one of four boxes. Mm-hmm. And he was paid millions of dollars oh, in yeah. cash, in bonds, in diamonds um, for wow. all of his work. And at every turn, often cartoonishly irresponsible, he stopped giving information to the Soviets uh, when the Soviet Union collapsed. And in order to make that introduction again, he went to a Soviet spy at the U.S. Embassy and said, "I am an FBI agent. This was my code name. Uh, 
I'm standing in like daylight, so you can see my face. Jeez. I I I want to give you information again. And the Russians were so convinced that this was a trap that they reported it to the FBI. And they gave them a description of the guy who had introduced himself by code name oh, as an FBI agent. Sick move by the Russians to be like, all right, we'll fucking test you out, yeah. This this and, guy's a fucking freak. <laughs> and and the FBI did not notice. What the FBI did do was surveil for a year a CIA agent called Brian Kelly. And the reason why they had decided Brian Kelly was the mole was because they had brought the FBI's behavioral analysis unit in oh to, build a, to build a psychological profile of the mole, which was nonsense. <laughs> And well, like he's use a the Sagittarius. The yeah. they, they, spied on, they spied on him for a year, they interviewed his family, they interviewed his friends, they interviewed his neighbours, and then as a final gambit to try and flush him out, they sent an FBI counterintelligence agent to his door with a what, what records only describe as a foreign accent to go... <laughs> We, Hello, your, monsieur. Your, your, your Would you covers... like to do some spying for me, please? Russian, I assume. Worse, I assume they're like, hello. Yeah, almost certainly. Worse than that, because he came to the door and went, Hello, your cover is blown. You must go to metro station immediately, where the fucking SWAT team is waiting to arrest him. And instead, he calls the FBI to report him. <laughs> what a legend. The thing, the thing that people I want to see wrong. a movie about that. <laughs> <laughs> They get called the intelligence services, but what people don't realize is that there was a strong span of about their entire existence where every single intelligence officer was just doing the John Mulaney bit about how like <laughs> getting away with crimes was really fucking easy back in the day. <laughs> a pool of blood on the floor and a guy will walk in and be like, ha, huh, gross, clean that up. Now back to my hunch. Mm. Like They would just do this. Federal yeah. Bureau of Hey, Bob, like, do you need any help carrying those documents out of the office? <laughs> I, I want to see, I want to see like the James Franco Jonah Hill movie about them investigating the wrong guy. <laughs> Fine. So fucking good. There's, there's also, there's also one thing which is, which is not proven, but I do get this from the newspaper of Bob Hansen's old university, Knox University, mm. which is that when he was melting down, when he started drinking. He went and he confessed to his priest because his wife found out and his wife got him to confess. Uh, and the priest went, Okay, well, you have to turn yourself into the authorities. Hansen thought about <laughs> it for a while, no. went, went and confessed again. And the priest goes, Well, it's probably fine so long as you give some of the money you're getting to a suitable charity. So <sighs> some sum of money a month went to the church in order Priests to preserve so the fucking seal of the confessional. <laughs> No. I, I love people, man. We're so bad, dude. <laughs> we suck so fucking much. <laughs> Incidentally, the FBI is still paying Hanson's pension to his wife, uh, so that was part of the plea deal, was that she, she, she gets his executive pension, which they don't usually do. Um, nice yeah, yeah, so, yeah the, the movie also ends with the classic thing that these true story ass movies always end with which is a fully mm. black screen with like what happened to each character afterwards mm. and yeah. i was like i don't care it like it flashes up uh robert hansen busted 30 fucking 50 uh secret agents and i was just like whatever 
Mm-hmm. And then he's like in prison. I'm like, I don't care about spying. A bunch yeah. of spying guys who like fucking losers. No one. A bunch of guys who betray each other, complaining about when the people that they get to betray each other get killed by other people that they've tried to betray mm-hmm. each other for. It's um, bullshit. It's like this exact fucking situation reversed would be like, damn, this guy's a hero. It's like fucking shut up, dude. <laughs> spying cap- is for caption- pussies who can't get who can't get pussy, basically. Present company excluded, of course. Uh, the caption comes up: Peter John later became known as Homophobic John and John the Rapist. <laughs> That's right. Um, Peter John's girlfriend went on to date someone of an appropriate age. Uh, Dickskin, I think, became a farmer. I think Elliot and Strudels both became Based. doctors. Um, Tiff, Tiff is a writer now. Uh, I don't know what Spenlad is the host of. Yeah, Kill James, James Bond. Bond. I don't know. What, I don't know what Spenlad is doing, but we have a science-based system on this podcast. We do. We, we do. do. Smum, cultural insensitivity, unprovoked violence, misogyny. The now, mice system. <laughs> that's right. Can I, can I get Senator Armstrong saying mice? Do you have that? I really oh, want to hear I do, it. I do have mice. It'll just be a second while I scroll all of the way down. Wouldn't worry. Say, I'll cut it. Just, uh, just edit this back in when I said it too. Mice. Beautiful. Yeah, the mice system. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> cut that back in earlier when you're <laughs> talking about uh, mice. So, how, how, how much. I feel like this movie is like negative smum. Well, uh, I, I think mm. I might want to maybe take a broader view of smum and say mm. smum is when the movie is like jacking itself off. That's yeah, it's true. no longer just like James Bond being smarmy. The characters no. aren't very smarmy, but the movie does kind of jack itself off a little bit. About America. About America, um, but also yeah, like that extra scene, the fact that it keeps like telling telling us things it's already shown us. I'm yes. like, ah, I think maybe a two or three. I, I if we're if we're putting it that way, I think it could go to a three. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can see that absolutely. Cool. Uh, cultural insensitivity. I mean, literally shaking your head to show that you don't agree with it is. <laughs> I it's, it's so funny. It's quite funny, yeah. <laughs> You'd be funny uh, the Um. Yeah, like, I mean, what do you I, I, would you say that that's a culture? I I, I would say I, <laughs> no. I, I would I I would say that it's being perhaps insensitive to trad cats. I just don't care. Yeah, I don't think it's being unfair. Um, I think it. Uh, I I kind of want to give it one point for the fact that we are introduced to um, Eric surveilling a Muslim family for like seemingly no reason, and this is never yeah, criticized. Yeah. This isn't shown as like the, a bad oh, thing. And the, the line, of course, that is like, are these terrorists their targets right at the very start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we get like all of the things where Hansen says something racist and the movie makes a little frowny face. Uh, but whenever O'Neill was like <laughs> racist yeah. also, it's like thumbs up. Yeah, right. it flashes up too. in like big, big letters on the screen. This is bad. Oh, mm-hmm. and- Mm-hmm. Does also, like, this also is okay. the sort of like you know the the diverse FBI as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, not sure. How about so, a two? I'll go two certainly. All right, uh, sure. Unprovoked violence. I mean, there's any? No, no, it's none. Unless you zero. unless you count like the sort of remote act of getting someone else killed for selling secrets. Zero. Well, the movie doesn't even say that that's good. So fucking whatever. None. Yeah, zero. Mm-hmm. zero. Uh, yeah. Flat zero. Um. Misogyny. Okay, so oh, now this is going to be tough. Because I'd like to fold fold all of the isms into misogyny because I think that's true. Putting mm. homophobia the, the in cultural insensitivity is a bit weird. Yeah, the the, sure. the scum system for smarm cultural insensitivity, unprovoked violence, and miscellaneous isms. Yeah, mm. um, sure. Which yeah, it's got a lot of them. Sure does. The homophobia gets a frowny face. <laughs> it but... does. It does. 
But also the the character of, of his wife, of Peter John's wife, is just mm. like, she's just wife. That's her character. Oh, yeah. She does not wife. have a character at all. Yeah. She's she, there she gets as sort of like a, him a... for like plot reasons only. Mm. Mm. She's there um, basically as like a, an easy way to tell like how much this is taking a toll on Eric and like yeah. no other reason at all. That kind yeah. of sucks. Um, Hanson's wife, Bonnie, is even less of a character. She's just she's kind nothing. of like... She's yeah, in it. it's interesting the way that she's not really portrayed as being one of his victims. No, I mean mm. his primary crime is—it's kind of fair enough given it's a spy movie. His primary crime is against America, and we kind of don't really acknowledge that it was a major violation to just like videotape her getting mm-hmm. fucked and send that out to people. It's kind of she, yeah. she, we, we don't hear what she thinks at the end of the film. She just kind of disappears, which I think is an opportunity lost. Yeah, um, for sure. Kate's I don't know if it passes character. the Bechdel mm-hmm. test, really, because he does have two women talk to each other, but they're talking about Jesus, who is a man. So yes, he was, yeah. Doesn't count. Um, Kate, mm-hmm. Kate is an interesting character, um, because mm. I think she's sort of in some ways a prototype for the sort of mold that we'll see later in Zero Dark Thirty. Mm. Of, I don't know. G- yeah. We're going to have to. It's, I know it's we very will. important. Um, it's of the sort of girl boss uh, CIA agents. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I don't know, we have this sort of moment where we talk, like, the costs of being an FBI agent are only ever explained to us through her. We don't get to see what fucking Dennis Haysbert's wife thinks about all of this shit. We only yeah. get to see her apartment with no cat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's specifically the cost of being an FBI agent in her case is that she doesn't have, like, a man or, like, or a relationship or, like, even a cat or any children it's very much a kind of like this will in somehow like spoil your femininity. Yes. I don't yes. think that's like intended by the film, but it's unfortunate that as you say, Alice, she's the only character who we really see the cost through. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's yeah, no, and, and and like she has this sort of line towards the end where she's like, you know, most FBI agents are married. We're not all like this. And mm. it really it, that feels like sort of like a fig leaf. Yeah, it does. Um, it's it, it it's a. Not a great decision to use her for this specifically, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for so misogyny and miscellaneous isms, now now with two M's, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what do we what do mm. we think? We think like four. Scum. Maybe? I was thinking four. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sure. Happy for that. It's high, that. Higher than we've been in a minute, to be honest. I think we've only gone like two or three for misogyny lately. Um. Well, because it has a zero on unprovoked violence, which is very strong, that gives it a total of nine, which is the same as Syriana. And pretty darn low compared to what we've got. Still the best film we've ever seen was The Born Identity on 6. Yes, um, I don't know if you've read that into the record, because we didn't do Scum for that, we did... Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 we did. Um, but the, the, the best one ever was The Born Identity. Um, and uh, the best Bond film ever was View to a Kill with Roger Moore. Um, That's right. So this film, not quite as good as Roger Moore. But uh, nevertheless, very good. It's getting there. If, yeah. if only they had had Roger Moore as Robert Hansen in this. I would have loved to see that. Actually. You need to watch more Roger Moore films, actually. This is the only guy we've not watched. We stopped doing it. We need to watch more films that are just like connected yeah, we... via Bond I, actor. I, I, I see you, I hear you, and we will be going back for more old Connery. Yeah, we're going to do folks. Um, my my pick is next uh, mm-hmm. after the bonus, and I would like Abby to be able to talk shit about actors again. So I'm bringing us right back to the seventies to talk Ooh, about Three nice. Days of the Condor. Ooh, I don't think I know that one. Excellent. Okay, fantastic. Well, uh, thank you for subscribing. If you do, if you don't, do. 
And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. Um, Sorry this one wasn't funny. uh, And also sorry that I was so off kilter at the start. But I uh, did gain my mojo back by the end. Of course, next week's bonus episode will be... OSS Sondiset, uh, the one in Rio. I haven't got the title with me right now, and I know it's in French. Um, so for new listeners, you will finally know what the fuck we are talking about when we frequently <laughs> reference OSS Sondiset. Um, and we have the wonderful Maddie Lubchansky on that episode. And that will, of course, be available for free, as this is June as this is pride, as this is the banquet of forgiveness. But that'll be the last one that you get for free. So if you are titillated by this weekly content, why not head on over to our Patreon at the start of next month and sign up today to join these wonderful people. Christine Fox, Forks Winchester, Paint McCarla, Jack Holmes, George Rohak, Thomas Oberhardt, Yarek, Carolyn Tankersley. Wait. I think Thomas. <laughs> I think Thomas might have swapped two of the letters around in their surname to, to fuck with me. Either that, or I have been saying this wrong for literally in advance of a year. Um, whoops. Yarek, Carolyn Tankersley, Benno Rice, Max Kapinski, Library Hitman, Kit Devine, Amanda Rogda, Max Gaimanhart, Dread Pirate Robin, Jonathan Gerde, Kentucky Fried Commie, Hell Bloodhands, Jay Martindale, Big Titty Goth Girl, Fremen Commissar, Jen Jen, Sydney Steckle, Top O, Trip, Ali Without the E, Mothman, Timothy Pajoni, Sephira Luciferax, Charlie Out of the Closet, Jenna and Poor, Zoe Shepard, Elizabeth Cox, Finn Ross, Turfs Eat Shit and Die Alone, Alfredo, I make Devon say this out loud, Philippa Smith, Rail Leal, Wolfie, Raised on a Diet, Al Irwing, Millie, JM11519, Josh Simmons, Bon Le Bon, Lauren Bastin, and Tristram Wolf. Thank you very much. I'm still I'm still fucked up over Thomas, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'll be thinking about that for a little while. Regardless, Kill James Bond is, of course, Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Our producer is the wonderful Nate Bethay. Our podcast art is by Maddie Lipchansky, and our website is by Tom Allen. See ya.